Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. On this week's episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, we talk about our all-time Texas Tech team from when we were fans. We do our fantasy draft, and we've got some football news. The 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, episode 28. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. We have quite the episode for you tonight. I say tonight, I don't know when you're listening to it. We are doing our fantasy draft yep. live on the episode. Yep. I'm getting, I'm getting a kicker. I'm getting a kicker right off the bat. And I'm going to... throwing everything out of whack. I'm going to get my, my, my backup defense... Number two, I'm gonna draft them. Oh two. well, that's smart because I wouldn't be thinking to draft <laughs> your backup defense first, man. Okay. All right. Um, before we get into that, we're gonna talk about um, an idea I had a couple weeks ago. We're actually gonna have a not a fantasy draft, but a Michael and I are gonna construct our all-time Texas Tech team based only on the players available from when we were Texas Tech fans. So for me, that started in 2007. Defense was a struggle. It was. <laughs> but we're actually, we're drafting one player, for, no, we're, we're drafting 11 players per side. So we're doing a full offense, including offensive line, a full defense. Um, not just, I'm going to take the 2009 defense. No, that's not how it's, it's going to work. Yes, yeah, Spencer wouldn't let me do that. So I kind And of, the 2008 offense. I no, kind of mm-hmm. copied his... His defense. You copied my defense almost player for player until I just changed it. And I see you're, you're hovering over it in the document. Oh. Notes document. Oh, you changed something? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. No, Did we're not. fine. We're fine. It's good. So once we do that, well, we'll get, to, get into some football news. We had quite a bit drop today, um, including possible quarterback starter, um, a hashtag that was being thrown around all day, Cliff Nose. Um the newest writer for Staking the Plains, Keith, dropped a, uh, a red zone offense article on us and broke everybody, everybody's hearts. We'll talk about that. Um, talk about a player that was arrested today. Oh, and then we'll have our good. fantasy draft. Also good news, yeah. So lots of, lots of good news, good happy news. Yeah, we're under a little bit of a time crunch because our, our draft is the only thing scheduled, obviously. This um, is the only way we could get our podcast within maybe an hour is to schedule a fantasy draft 30 minutes after we hit record. Yeah, we are currently 31 minutes and 26 seconds away. So um, look at your timestamps. If you want to jump right straight to the draft, go ahead and skip ahead about 30 minutes. But before we, before we, we lose you to that, let's go ahead and talk about our all-time uh, Texas Tech team. I think we should go by positions. Not like I'm not going to give you my entire team. I'm going to give you positions. Um, so I'll go ahead and start. Like I said, 
I started, uh, my fandom of Texas Tech started as a freshman um, in 2007. I did not know very much about Texas Tech when I came out to school. Um, I had maybe watched a half of the 2006 Texas Texas Tech game. Um, more like because I think at that point I started to consider Texas Tech and I was like, and they were on one night and I was like, let's, let's check it out, right? You um, make me feel so old. <laughs> so my, my offense, um, or my, my team is gonna be based on the past basically decade of Texas Tech. Um, probably best and worst ever times of the program. <laughs> There's a lot of highs and lows in that, in well, that well, 10 I year mean, span. Think, Year one for me was was nine and four. It was eight and four regular season, and then a really exciting Gator Bowl win. Year two, eleven and one, and then a <laughs> loss in the Cotton Bowl. Like I was, did not know what I was getting myself. It's like eleven and one. This is freaking fantastic. This year is just two, how it always is going to be. Uh, year three was back. I think it was another nine and four year. Because I think it was eight and four plus the bowl game. Right. They won Michigan the State. Alamo Bowl. Yeah, and then we got. Tuberville and we got a bunch of seven and fives, five and sevens, four and eights. Some pretty great recruits, though. Some guys that made this list. No, yeah, obviously. Um, but that was that's the about the end of it, I guess. Yeah. All right. So let's start with quarterback. I don't think there's going to be any question for either of us. Quarterback for me was Patrick Mahomes. Me too. Uh, you know, I, I do think someone asked us earlier this year kind of a more of a Mount Rushmore thing. And I, and I forget, actually, I forget what they said, but I might have picked Harrell at that point. I, I can go back and forth on it a little bit. Harrell would be my QB2 on this team. Oh, no doubt. But just, but, but seeing, I don't know, seeing Mahomes complete that 60, that nice 69-yard bomb midair in a preseason game. Yeah, it's a in preseason NFL, game. Yeah. In the NFL, that kind of sealed the deal for me on this. Like, okay, he's... He's uh, he's pretty special. And then past Graham Harrell, there's basically nobody. I mean, you BJ to... Simmons. I'd put BJ Simmons on there. Okay, but he was 2000. Yeah, he was before. He was before my. He time. was before my time too. Really. I mean, let's see. Where was where was he? He was. So when did when did you become a Texas Tech fan? Uh, I started at Tech in '04. So '04 was my first season, and uh, Sonny Cumbie. You, you, was you had like all then. those great like mid two thousand quarterbacks, right? I had Cumbie, yeah. Simmons. Well, I didn't you have Simmons. Just, you, you I just, just missed, missed Simmons. You, sorry, you just missed Simmons. You just missed Kingsbury, which right. Simmons. Or sorry, you had Cumbie, um, Hodges, Hodges, and then Harold, and then Harold. Entire yeah. Harold career, which I I heard two thousand six was a little a little rough. It, it was. It was a little bit rough. Uh, I remember when Hodges, of course, you know, that's, this is how it always goes. I think when Cumbie was QB1, everybody wanted Hodges to play. And when Hodges was QB1, everybody was wanting Harold to play. And then That's how it goes. Everybody, everybody loves the backup quarterback. Yeah, that was how it always went. It'll probably go the same way this year. Oh, I know it will. And I, I had just missed Simmons uh, based on my fandom. I'd started at South Plains in 02 and then transferred to Tech in 04 and my first game, I think, was when Tech absolutely clobbered TCU, seventy to ten or whatever it was. One of those crazy, crazy games, and that was my introduction to an actual Tech game. I I would watch my, them on TV. It's not like I wasn't 
I, I didn't root for him, but it was really passive until I be actually Literally enrolled at Tech. Yes, passive. it was very passive. Um, and so I, I consider 04 my first year of my fandom. Yeah, my my first full game was the 2000. It was the first game of 2007, where it was uh, Texas Tech on the road at SMU. Oh, so I, I was I was introduced to you went to a road game for your first game? no 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 I, I, the first game I, I watched my oh, first I full game I watched I was okay I, I just moved out to Tech and the the church group they had like a a youth activity that day like everybody just come over to this guy's house we're gonna watch the game mm-hmm. I was interested in meeting everybody so I went watched the game I was like this is Michael Crabb this is it we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. It's pretty good. Yeah, he's not bad. That was a really, uh, that was a fun year it was to, to, to start watching some tech football. Um, I yeah. think that was when they had that crazy game in Oklahoma or in uh, Stillwater. Yeah, it was. So it was. It was like the this 2016 Oklahoma game. It was back and forth. Went to the last possession. Um, I, I remember it because I was I was at a friend's house and watched it. Broke my heart. Fourth down. Uh, touchdown pass to Crabtree's dropped in the end zone, and. Sealed the game. A, a catch that he would catch I the rest know, of his 999 career. times out of a thousand. Just one of those freak deals, really. And then, uh, of course, the defensive coordinator did not make the trip back to Lubbock. He didn't. Ruffin <laughs> McNeil took over. Um, anyways, let's get to receivers. Uh, so, obviously, one receiver, undoubtedly, like top of everybody's list, is Crabtree, right? Yes. He's on your list. Um, the other one, because I, like I said, I'm limited to 2007. My other outside receiver is Eric Ward. And even though you're limited to 2007, I have Eric Ward on there too because he played well. I don't. I, I like that he played all four years. That's definitely not a requirement, um, but that that does help, and it helps your stats, and it helps you really see the player grow and how much they became so reliable. Uh, you know he. We got to watch that. We got to see that firsthand where he he was always good and he was always talented, but then it got to where it was just, oh, Ward's down there? Okay, we're going to be all right. Just, yeah, just throw then, it in the air. He's going to one-hand grab it with a Baylor defender <laughs> hanging onto his face mask and his chin strap or something, and he's still going to come away with it like yeah, it's nothing. That, that was like written into the game plan. Like As soon as the Tech offense was inside the 40, we're throwing it to the end zone to Eric Ward. Yeah. And he still caught just about everything that was thrown to him. Yeah, that was just incredible. I, and I got to see enough of those in person. That was a little Unbelievable. bit. Yeah, it was, you know, it was definitely after my time as a student. So I, it's not like I, were, I was going to as many games as I did before. But I got to see a lot of those plays in person. And I, 
I still think he's uh, probably one of the best receivers Tech's seen. Yep. He's strong. I mean, just such a strong receiver, too. Yeah. So the other outside receivers I can remember would be uh, Ed Britton, uh, Lyle Leong. He would, he'd probably be he's up, up there. Up there. Maybe, maybe number three, if I were to take a third outside of guy. Um, Detron Lewis, uh, and then guys like Darren Moore, um, Reggie Davis, Brad Marquez, mm-hmm. like all really great guys. But yeah, just, Marquez, too. And he was kind of inside and outside. Inside, I think, is where we, we first start to differ. And I may have missed the boat on this one. I w- maybe it's just he was just too recent and it was blinding me. But I went with Kiki QT. I, I can't fault you for that. Uh, but yeah, I was I playing in the NFL right now. Yeah, and then I, then I saw who you picked. And I was like, oh, that was probably a better pick. I went with, uh, what was it? What, was, what did Kingsbury call that after the UT game? Um, Small... Little people, big world. Yeah, I went with Jakeem Grant. Jakeem to dream. The, the fastest guy I can remember ever seeing in person. Just incredible. Okay. But to that point, um, this morning on the radio show, they were doing a live radio show from the breakfast, the whatever you want to call it. They were on with Wes Kitley, the track coach, mm-hmm. said that Keyshawn Carter is the fastest player he's ever had. Now, really? Jakeem Grant probably, I don't think he ever ran track, but he also said he's probably the fastest football player that Tech has had. I would think so. I, uh, what was it? He said they had some 40 record. Yeah, so he ran. Uh, two years ago, I think, before the season. Uh, I know, or was it last year? I, I know guess. Grant and Batson raced. I think Batson won. Um, but Keyshawn Carter, he, he said he ran a 10 100. So I'm not a track guy, but I, just, I know that's fast. Right. Um, so I went with QT. Like I said, maybe a little bit of recency bias. You went with Jakeem Grant. If I hadn't gone with uh, who I have my other inside receiver, I probably would have gone uh, Grant and QT on the inside. Maybe. But I think if you vary with some size on the inside by getting Jason Morrow like I did, Right, your combination like and and well, and they Jason played Morrow together. And Jakeem Grant, it really together. worked well. They played they together in real life, and it was a uh, it was pretty hard. <laughs> it was pretty hard to cover both of them. Difficult task, but, and, and even harder to tackle one of them. <laughs> yeah, they, they were both pretty um, unstoppable in the open field. So I went with size there. I think you you did as well. I would like to, I'd like to throw out a couple of shout outs to some uh, some O four. To 07 wide receivers <laughs> that didn't get the that didn't make the cut quite but always had a soft spot for Joel Falani. I thought he was a great receiver he was kind of overshadowed a little bit by a oh man I, I lost his name Jarrett Hicks during that same time I think Hicks got hurt if I remember correctly in 05 or 06 and Falani really stepped up uh, those two guys were they were kind of my first introduction to what a Texas Tech wide receiver is capable of. So, well, okay, so they very narrowly think about the, missed uh, the list as well. The the wide receiving core that I started with in 2007, honorable mentions, you got Eric Morris, Damian. Damian oh, yeah, we haven't even brought Danny up Amendola. Amendola. Right. Um, <clears throat> and he should have, you know, he. I considered him for inside receiver, but Jakeem Grant was just... Because when you think about it, that 2007 group had... I know it had two thousand yard receivers. It may have had three. 
Yeah. Which I don't want to... ridiculous to think about. Like, now we're thinking, we're like, oh, man, well, we hope we have a, a solid 1,000-yard receiver. Like, that team had three. I don't want to take anything away from Amendola, but I feel like he's really found his niche as a pro player. I think he's he got a lot, even quite a bit better as a pro player than when he was at Tech. I don't, and I don't mean that in any awful way at all, but I, I just feel like Grant was just that outstanding. Um, and Grant is fourth on career receptions with 254. Eric Ward, who we've already mentioned, has 255. <laughs> and I just Very missed close. Welker. So, you know, Welker yeah. was in 03. So I, I, I might have had him on there had I officially been at Tech by then. But uh, Welker's number 259 on the list. And that leads us to number one on the list. The running back of my choosing. <laughs> Which I think is funny. With He's got... A running back has the most My, career The receptions. running back that I'm talking about, and y'all probably already know, Torian Henderson, it just, it was incredible how much his name was called out at the Jones all the time. Uh, he leads the record books with 302 receptions, and he also is second on rushing touchdowns with 50. Who's first? First is James Gray from the 80s oh, okay. with 52. And then uh, DeAndre Washington is barely above him on career rushing yards by exactly, almost, no, it's not exactly, but 170 yards. So my running back was DeAndre Washington. Um, Which, I, I mean, how, you know, well, okay, <laughs> those, see, are great, those are great picks. I mean, not that, not that I think I have to justify picking Washington, but no. think back to the running backs of 2007. You had Shannon Woods. Uh, you had Baron Batch, Eric Stevens was, was probably an honorable mention. Right. Um, I, I almost I, I considered Stevens too. And then past Stevens, that's when you get into into Washington. You had Ben McCroy, but he wasn't really a running back. He was more of a returner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he wasn't here for very long. Um, Marquez came as a running back, got moved to receiver. Kenny Williams was a great running back, got moved to linebacker, not so much of a great linebacker. <laughs> um, DeAndre Washington, hands down, was my number one. Uh, Baron Batch was a lot, a lot of fun to w- watch. Uh, I've got some signed stuff from him. You know, piece of uh, one of his pieces of art he mm-hmm. signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool stuff. But if I'm if I'm picking an all time team, my running my first running back would be Washington. Yeah, I, I can't fault you with that at all. I mean, Henderson and Washington were neck and neck on you know yards per carry. They were very close on career rushing yards. I, I think Henderson really functioned super well in Leach's offense by being that check down guy that Harrell or Simmons or whoever would, would toss him a ball when everybody was uh, everybody was covered up and he could shift and get around and get some yards. I, I think he has over 5,000 total yards uh, as a receiver and running back at Texas Tech. And that's got to be I can't find that, but that's that's got to be number one. I, I can't imagine I can't imagine that being higher. He's not on the 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 list I'm looking at right now has the top ten receiving yards, and he's not on that. But I think he's he would be very close to being on that. Yeah. Um, my offensive line. I took three guys from the 2008 2007 team. It's a good You're bet. Probably pretty pretty like you could probably tell me who I'm going to say. But I've got with I got Brandon Carter, Rylan Reed, Louis Vasquez. Um, 
Then from there, I, I picked up Lee, Lee Adrian Waddle, mm-hmm. which you brought up a good uh, another a sixth person that I'm like if I was going to switch out, I'd probably switch Lee Adrian Waddle with the the guy you brought up, and then my fifth uh, offensive lineman was LaRaven Clark. So my line would be Brandon Carter, Ryland Reed, LaRaven Clark, Louis Vasquez, Lee Adrian Waddle. Yeah, and you know this is where we're getting to the intricate parts of football where I kind of lose my depth here, but. My only comment on that was I saw Spencer's team and I thought, well, I would replace one of these guys with Manny Ramirez, but I'm just not sure yeah, and, and, exactly which one. And I think if I was to take Manny Ramirez, I would probably switch him out with Lee Adrian Waddle. Yeah, and you, but then I, I think I've got like five tackles. Yeah, so. you, yeah you just missed Manny Ramirez too. Wasn't he, wasn't he 06 or 07? I think he, he was he, 07. He may have been a senior in 07. Yeah, I think you just but, missed him. Yeah. Well, I, I was I started in 07. Right. Defense. I'm like super proud of my defensive line. I'm just okay. I'm this, like I'm just gonna like mic drop this. Yeah, you you mic drop because this is. Yeah, I'm I'm not touching this. This is okay. So this you, is good. I'm good with this. Your <laughs> defensive ends, Brandon Sharp, Brandon Williams. I think between them had like 40 sacks in one season. Like in their best seasons, I think they combined for like 40 something sacks. Um, defensive tackles, Colby Whitlock, Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas. I mean, I know that that's so recent, but... So recent. And he just played two years, and, like, really, his, he had one really great year. And he gosh. came up with a turnover, like, every time there was, the ball or was forced loose. one, or... You're like, dude, Mike Thomas got another fumble. Like, yeah. Like, coming out of the pile, running with his hand up, holding the ball. Like, I got the ball, coach. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited just to... I, I don't know. I, I think that's... Uh, this, a prospect of those guys playing side by side would would have been pretty incredible to see. Like, yeah, I mean, Colby Whitlock was a man among boys. It <laughs> like he set the tone for the 2008 Texas game with the safety on that first possession. That's right. He, like, and while he, I was in that, that end zone. While he's the one that made the tackle, he was not the only defensive lineman in the backfield that was ready to make the tackle. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like. Like that, that offensive line for Texas was just rattled. Our defensive line would have gotten that safety. Like if, if Whitlock had missed a tackle, then Williams was there. No, not Williams. Yeah, Williams. Um, McKinner Dixon was probably in the backfield. Uh, and then who was the other big defensive tackle they had? Like Richard Jones, I think. Oh, I couldn't tell you for sure. Anyways, um, linebackers, I started to kind of fall apart here. I didn't really fall apart, but... It, it gets difficult to get into the back back half of the defense for me. Dakota Allen's on that list. Recency bias probably, but he's also really, really good. Yes. Brian Duncan, um, he just seemed to like he was a really solid linebacker, never seemed to be too terribly bad. Like just He, he seemed like he was in the middle of everything. And then uh, Terrence Bullitt. Um, and I added him real late because um, – when defenses really started to fall apart at Tech, he seemed like to be the anchor in the middle of it. He was always, if the ball came to him, he was always there. Um, he played with a broken hand for like a season. Had this massive club of a cast on and was still <laughs> intercepting passes and, and tackling folks. <laughs> folks. Well, um, you know, that's who you tackle. Yeah. So our defensive lines were the same. Michael kind of, he, he started with my list. Do you have anybody else on linebacker you would throw in or throw out there for consideration? I, I really don't. I, I, I wasn't very defensive-minded 
watching during my heyday of 04 to 07. It, it wasn't until recently I really started to pay attention, which is why this defense, especially the, the, the cornerbacks and safeties, are just like, well. Well, and the main, the main it, it defensive. It could a small player pool. <laughs> yeah, the, the only defensive guy I could name by name was Dwayne Slay, and Slay was kind of feast or famine. He was uh, before my time. Yeah, he would, uh, he would either make the biggest tackle, the biggest stop you've ever seen, or he would make the biggest whiff uh, that you'd ever seen. So it was kind of both ways. But really on defense, that was the only one that I knew that well by name during that time time period. So, yeah, I don't have a lot to add on that. And because, you know, defense wasn't the strongest thing. Uh, you, you know, they played some good defense during probably, I guess, 07, 2007, 08. 2009. Yeah. Uh, but it was more like it was a, just a solid unit than a solid. The bend, don't break thing. Yeah. I mean, th- th- there were a couple of, like, outstanding players, but it just seemed like the unit was better as a whole than the individual pieces were. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there um, wasn't a standout guy. They just they just kind of knew where each other were going to be. And Yeah. So, for cornerback, I only listed one, and it's Jamar Wall. It sounds good. And he was 2007. He, like, he was, I think he was a sophomore 2007, so he played 7, 8, 9. Um, defensive backs, I, I have three safeties. One of them could be considered like a, more like a nickel-type safety, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I went three safeties. Darcel McBath, he played in the NFL. Yep. Um, Cody Davis is in the NFL, and then Daniel Charbonnet. Again, one of those like solid defensive backs that always seem to be involved in a in a play. But I mean, you're probably like you probably can, can come up with a better list of defensive backs and safeties than when I came up with. Um, but I just feel like from 2007, like you just had a bunch of no name guys that kind of contributed and just didn't make a, a big name for themselves. Uh, honorable mention, probably like Trey Porter. Yeah, I um, could see that. Terrence Bullitt was a safety, got moved to linebacker. Um, on that four-two-five defense with Glasgow. It's a heck of a move, safety to linebacker. I mean, he's kind of a bigger guy. And then, like, just... So, when I was thinking of, of corners, the only other corners that stood out to me were Eugene Nebo and Justice Nelson. And they were, like, both uh, more characters and jokes of cornerbacks than actual, like, oh, solid players. <laughs> I hate to say that because I actually worked with Eugene's dad when I, at the hospital in Hobbs, like also named Eugene Nebo. I was like, I, uh, yeah. Hang on a minute. You're, same you're, same you're one? Definitely him. You're same definitely. guy? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, other guys that could also be considered for the list, maybe J.J. Gaines. He's recent, but again, pretty... Uh, pretty hit or miss. Deshaun uh, Johnson still playing. I could maybe jump on this list depending how he does this year. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, I can't. Like I said, like, I'm. It's where I'm struggling. I don't know. Oh, I'm. You've you've done, you know, way better than I did at this exercise. <laughs> All right, let's move into into some football news really quickly because we've got eight minutes before our draft starts. Oh my gosh, let me let me check the the thing. <laughs> let's check the the, the counter. We've got a. Uh, Eight minutes, 28 seconds. Okay, all right. So it came out today. They had practice this morning. The Texas Tech football team had practice. Um, one of the, the journalists asked Kingsbury, Coach, do you know who the starting quarterback will be? He said yes. 
See, okay. Mic drop. When did he ask him that? It was this morning. Okay. Tuesday the 21st. All right. The 21st, the Lubbock Chamber of Commerce hosted a breakfast. At it, it, would have been, it would have been after the breakfast. I know. At the breakfast, he did not specify that. He said, we've got three guys that, you know, whichever one, we, whichever one we go with, I feel confident it's going to lead, lead the team. And, and so even, even at 720... Or seven fifteen. He didn't know. Well, he wasn't ready to say. <laughs> he, he wasn't. Knew. He wasn't announcing it yet. So something, something changed, man. Something changed in those three hours, right? They, they, is that what they it had is? A practice. Yeah, they had. They, they had, had a practice, practice, and someone just just looked at him wrong, and he was like, "Okay, that's it. That's it." So there was. I think it came out after the scrimmage on Saturday. Our friend Don Williams said that it's likely that McLean Carter is in the lead um, for the starting role. We saw in the video highlight package that came out, like it was very clearly defined. Carter ran with the ones, Duffy ran with the twos, Bowman was with the threes. Right. Um, and I was like, if if you're gonna look in, like at that time, it's like if you're gonna look into the footage and take a, a starting quarterback from that, that's a very clear delineation. Now if something's changed between Saturday and Tuesday morning. Maybe that would, I mean, maybe it would be Duffy and and Carter switch. But I think at this point. Pretty easy to say that McLean Carter is currently thought of to be the starting quarterback next weekend. Right, and I think that's the way to, to look at it. Next weekend. I know, I can't believe it. It's it's <laughs> right here. I, I think that's the way to look at it. Um, I, I'm glad that even if we don't know who it is, at least whoever QB1 is going to be, they know that, well, that they need to prep to come out and, and be ready to, to fire against Ole Miss at 11 a.m. So Yeah, so my other thought was like, if he doesn't like, if he doesn't announce who the quarterback is, like there are enough journalists there at practice or there at the scrimmage or in the videos they release, like I was able to pick it out, like which teams the quarterbacks were playing with, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that was able to do it. Um, it it's not. It was never going to be a secret who's going to be starting quarterback if no. they if they kept that same rep distribution. So. Look forward to McLean Carter at least starting game one in Houston against Ole Miss. And the, the Rebels, the Land Sharks, because they, they, they brought their new uh, new mascot last week. Oh, man. Someone had some great uh, – they pointed it out. I think Shark Tail. <laughs> the guy – it was either the shark from Shark Tail or one of the characters in Finding Nemo. And then they, they compared it to as if they were on steroids or something. I don't remember. It was – that was a great joke. Great reminisce, Michael. Good job. Memory lane. <laughs> the other other piece of news I think we should get to before our draft starts. Um, Dalion Ward was arrested this afternoon uh, with a theft charge ranging in value between $2,500 and $30,000. Um, got some detectives, some internet lawyers out there looking that up. That's in the felony range. Um, Unfortunately, really, yeah, really weird timeline because this he was alleged to have stolen some cell phones from the student rec center in November, and then he was indicted in June, June but the indictment was sealed, and then he was arrested today. I don't, I don't know if that's a normal timeline, but like, if they, if especially the coaching staff knew that he was possibly in legal trouble in November. Or at least in June, before fall camp starts, why has he been so heavily involved in the practices and the running back competition? Because it seems like at this point, 
Um, he may be removed from the team. I haven't heard officially if that's been made, announcement's been made yet. Uh, we saw when Quan Shorts was arrested that they made that move within a, a couple of hours. Right. And it's been six or so hours since the news originally broke today. Um, there was an official statement. The, the only Texas Tech statement from Don's website, from Don's website, I'm going to call him Don, even though I don't know him. Don. <laughs> I, I, like he refers to, to Coach Kingsbury as Cliff. Right. Mr. Mr. Williams' uh, Twitter page about four hours ago, which would put it at about 530, said Texas Tech statement on DeLeon Ward, quote, Texas Tech Athletics was made aware this afternoon of an incident involving sophomore running back DeLeon Ward. We are still looking into the matter at this time and we'll have no further comment. So... That is worded as if they didn't know, but I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. I don't know how you couldn't know if you're one of your players in trouble for eight months. Right. Um, and just like with the Nigel Bethel punch in the basketball game, there's plenty of cameras in that in that uh, that building. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it was pretty easy to pick up on if this had actually happened. I am confident in saying if he hadn't, if they hadn't gone through the whole indictment and all that kind of stuff that. Uh, there probably wasn't enough evidence, but it seems like there is. Again, we're we're still saying allegedly. Um, right. We'll we'll see how this kind of shakes out. But currently, I think the best course of action for you as fans is to consider Dalian Ward no longer a part of the team. Probably going to see a very heavy Usher dose in the Trey King era. <laughs> very heavy dose of Trey King. Maybe you'll see um, him and Felton. I mean, I think Felton would be a distant second. Maybe Felton is more in competition with the freshmen that have come in. Mm. It's Tejon Henry and to Roderick Thompson. Um, but I guess until we hear an official word, we'll kind of just assume not with the team because we've seen uh, Kingsbury kind of move off. Um, move off. He's very. He's not slow to remove players that have been in trouble like this before. Right. Yeah, it's usually pretty quick. Okay, we will get to Keith's Red Zone Offense article after our draft, but you know what time it is, Michael? Oh, man, it's time. It's time to get to it. So, <laughs> Spencer did a practice toin, coin toss. We're, we're gonna toin do, toss, great. I was going to try to talk trash to you, and it didn't work at we're all. Gonna, we're going to do a coin flip to see who drafts first. Um, the practice coin toss I did landed on my head. I'm going to let Michael do it. Oh, great. And then we'll set the great. draft order. Um, so you're going to call wait. it in the air? Yeah, I, I will. I'll just, no, I'll just take tails. I don't care. Okay. If it's in the you air. taking tails? Tails. He flipped it. And it is? It is tails. Tails, which means I go first. Tails it is. Uh, we will, we're working on a serpentine draft, which means I will go first. Michael will go second and third <laughs> um it's probably gonna be a pretty quick draft it will be so i also wanted to put a little bit of pressure on michael um because we're, we're drafting 13 players we're 13 rounds got eight active players five reserve one quarterback two running backs two receivers and then a running back wide receiver or tight end kicker and a defense. That's your active team. You right. get five reserve spots. Um, gosh, 25 seconds. I got to go first. You got to go first. Who are you going to get, man? We are 20 seconds out from the inaugural 23 personnel podcast, Fantasy Football League. I 
I'm nervous. I really, I kind of wanted to go second so I could get picks two I and three. I kind of wanted to go first because I have a, I have this a, not I have a bold then. strategy, Cotton, and I think people are oh, going to make fun the of me for it. The other pressure I was talking about. So we're doing 13 rounds, one minute per round. So at the very most, it'll last 26 minutes. Right. Um, you're and up. I am on the clock. You're up. We're, you're on the clock. <laughs> so the biggest thing, I think you got to go with quarterback first, right? I'm just going to talk this through. Um, top two quarterbacks listed are Will Greer, Kyler Murray. I'm so nervous, but I'm going to take Mr. Murray. Wow. Kyler Murray. And, and, and I'm wow. Gonna, I'm thinking I'm going to need to have a pretty solid backup quarterback because if Murray gets hurt or something, then he may be out for the rest of the season. Okay. I'm, I, I've, I've made a lot of fun of – Heisman hopeful Will Greer, uh, but this league, guys, this league is a quarterback heavy league. Just, just <laughs> said no one ever. Oh my, not, not, not for not quarterback heavy league, but um, this. So we're, we're drafting only Big Twelve players. Yes. Uh, hang on just a second. Michael's putting in his pick. So I picked Will, Will Greer. Greer. Pick one, then he gets another minute for pick two, and um, or I guess pick three of the first. Okay, I had to find the clock because I want to talk just a little bit before I make this second pick. We <laughs> uh, to draw it out, make it a little, little, little drama. I, I picked Will Greer because the what's most important in the way this league is scored is a quarterback. Like for instance, last year Baker Mayfield, if you averaged his stats over the fourteen games he played, he would get you one hundred and two points a game. Dang. Whereas, uh. Uh, Justice Hill, who was the number <laughs> the number one running back last last year, he would only get you like thirty four points a game. So with this in mind, I'm going all in on Will Greer and also picking David Sills as Ooh, wide receiver. That's a good one for my punch. second pick. <laughs> so Heisman hopeful, show me what you got, man. All right, I am back on the clock. I think I'm going to go running back on my. On my first pick in the second round. It's kind of nice. I get to just sit here and see what see what you do for the next two minutes. Shoot. Okay, so I, I went ahead and ordered. So I, I'm looking at only running backs. And on the projected points per game, it's got David Montgomery from Iowa State first, Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma, Justice Hill, Darius Anderson. Those are some great running backs. I mean, this is going to be a really good league for running backs this year i think i just i i I, again there's probably recency bias i think the bowl game the playoff five four oh shoot (laughs) okay rodney anderson did you (laughs) it was his coming out party in the bowl game i i I I heard that said anything i heard that sound playing it's like what is happening that was like the countdown on my computer going off but um, it goes by fast, man. It did, because I was sitting here just BSing around. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we're looking at, I'm going to go ahead and take a, a running back, or a quarterback, not a quarterback, receiver third. And I'm going to go ahead and grab our boy TJ Vasher. Man, that's a that's solid. So, that's so far, i got Kyler pick. Murray, Rodney Anderson, TJ Vasher. Okay. All right. So, I'm, I'm back on the clock. Uh, you know, I, I want to, um, I want to go back with uh, what I was talking about earlier, even though your running backs don't get you as many points, Justice Hill 
still got almost 1,500 yards last year. And, and if they're going to be struggling for to find a quarterback, they may be heavy on the run he game. Is he is going to be getting the ball a few times. So that is that is my third pick. Oof. Justice Hill of the that one hurts me. Oklahoma State Cowboys. And then... Ooh, our boy Trey King is up on that list. Trey King is up there. Now, they haven't updated this yet. Well, uh, so, yeah, because he's got it marked as an injury, but it, that's from March. To kind, of, to kind of piggyback on, you know, what we were talking about earlier with this being a quarterback-heavy league... And Michael uh, is now referencing his notes in an Excel notes. document. I have some notes in an Excel document. There's a young man. Uh, let's see. Where is he? By the name of... Oh, yeah, I've got him. Marquise Brown. Wait, what? Right receiver I, from Oklahoma. That I think is going to have to be part of my team. See, and, and that, that's kind of what I was, I was looking at. If you, if you kind of double up on a quarterback and receiver, those points, like between those two players count double for your team, right? Yeah. So a, a touchdown from Kyler Murray to an Oklahoma receiver counts twice. Um, right. Which I think is where I'm so going to go. I took that that away from you a little bit. But I'm going to... But there's C.D. Lamb. I see that. I'm, I'm taking <laughs> Lamb next. And these both of those two are on the Bilitnikoff watch list. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and grab David Montgomery running back from oh, Iowa State. Oh, man. I, that was kind of where I was leaning so at next. So my running backs, Rodney Anderson, David Montgomery. I wish I had Justice Hill, but I, I think I'll survive without him. Okay. Uh, you guys may think I'm crazy for what I'm about to do. But oh, are you going kicker for it next or defense? <laughs> He's going defense. Watch. No, no, no. Not yet. But I am going kicker. And y'all are going to think I'm insane. But Matt Amendola got 56 points a game last year on average. The way this league is scored, Which it's I don't understand nuts. how that works. But. So I'm picking a kicker. I'm picking Matt Amendola as my fifth pick. Y'all are, I know, y'all could say what you want. And then I'm going with uh, Darius Anderson running back at TCU for my next pick. So I will also take a kicker next. I'm telling you, it, and I'm gonna take Austin Seabert from Oklahoma. I, I looked at the, you know, Mayfield would have been 102 points a game. Justice Hill would have been 34 points a game. Washington would have only been 41 points a game last year as a wide receiver. Which, which, Yet Matt Amendola was 56 yeah, points per game. I, I think we may need to go back and adjust some of these scoring to. Nope, it's too late. Balance this, out the I'm, kicker. I'm drafting it based off of this the scoring. That's why he was ranked so high on this list. It didn't make sense to me either until I really dug into the numbers. I was like, why is he? Why is he there? Um, okay. So you I have am, you have a pick left, or is it? No, it's my turn. No, no, it's my turn. Okay. Um, I'm looking at. That RWT position, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Top available is Hakeem Butler, a junior wide receiver from Iowa State. I don't know if I can like feel confident in that. And I got 15 seconds, so... Is that the noise? Yeah. Eight. Oh, boy. That's, that's, uh, really, that's really anticipating noise. I took Colin Johnson, receiver from Man, Texas. Man, that's who I was going to pick because he's <laughs> on a couple of lists, and I think part of it's because he's... Of course, at Texas, but he's on Blitnikoff, as well as Walter Camp. So um, I don't think that's a bad pick by any means. Let's see who did I have in my little grab bag over here? Uh, who's who's the next 
highest available player. Oh, man. I don't want to go with another, another West kicker. Virginia wide receiver, but I'm thinking about it. Gary Jennings Jr. is on the Blitnikoff watch list, and I'm considering it. Then there's Hakeem. Hakeem Butler is available. Denzel Mims. But that's not a very proven QB. But you remember, you you do have reserve oh, right. players to fill, and you'll need to be I'm mindful of the bye weeks. Right, you're right, because my bye weeks are bad. Oh, my gosh, I haven't been paying attention to that. I've got five guys on bye week. Eight. So the, the tough thing with, with, that's partially because it's with West the Big Virginia. 12 is that all the bye weeks are weeks 6, 7, and 8. I have not been paying attention to that at all. So All right, so I'm picking um, – I picked Gary Jennings Jr., which now I'm kind of regretting that, and I'm taking uh, Texas Christian for was, my defense yeah. special teams now. That's where I was looking. I'm just going to go ahead and grab Texas then for the defense. Okay, interesting point, though. In this league, the third highest-rated defense, Texas Tech. I know, and I'm actually – Probably because of all the projected turnovers. You know, should we um, should we draft two? I don't know what the strategy is. I can't is tell here. you what to do with your pick, young man. Oh, man, I just don't know what to do. All right, I need to look at my reserves now. And our reserves, I think, are unlimited to positions. I think we can just get yeah. five of whatever we want, right? I'm not. Okay, I'm going to go back to my RWT, which is just combine all the the. Those players, and I'm gonna go ahead and get Hakeem Butler from Iowa State just in case he does something. Okay, and that leaves. Um, I am considering. So Michael's back up. I'm back up. I've got two picks here. I'm gonna go with Cavante Turpin at TCU. Overrated. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> And okay, no, he'll probably have like one breakout game. It's like, oh my gosh, he's so great, and then eleven eh, games. Now I want. Oh, you do, do you? I want a pro. I want a. I want a running back. I feel like I need another running back. Not. Um, you don't want to take the West Virginia running back. That's okay. No, I know. I almost did. I was like, I've go got too many West the Virginia whole, guys. The whole West Virginia team. I think I'm gonna go with. Alex Barnes, maybe? No. There's a running back at OU, Trey Sermon. Psh, I don't yeah. even know who that is. Go ahead and draft a backup running back. He had 750 yards as a true freshman. Um, oh, my gosh. Ten seconds. Uh, okay. Alex Barnes it is. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. If I was going to take a running back, I was like, because I read the the Staking the Plains Kansas State preview, and dude averaged like six yards a carry last year. Oh, I have so many bye weeks on week eight. This is awful. It's gonna probably going to be difficult to fill a, a field, a full team, in those middle three weeks. Man, it might be. All right, let's look at... I'm going to go ahead and take a running back from West Virginia... Hopefully, hope, hoping they're going to go for a little balance and take Kennedy McCoy. Okay. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and look at taking another quarterback at this point. Got Kyler Murray. Bye week is week seven. So Texas Tech's bye week is week six. Um, 
I just need somebody that's not up on week seven. So, which would be Kansas. We're good. I'm not drafting a Kansas quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and take our boy McLean Carter. Hey, that's pretty good. Just in case he turns out to be more of a long-term starter than game one. That's a good thought. Uh, Back to Michael. All right. I'm, I'm going to go with a... Man, everyone's on week eight buys. Gosh. Oklahoma State's also on I a week eight buy. Anything. I can't do anything. I can't do what I want to do. Okay. Who else do we have here? Oh, this is turning well. All right. Well, I'm going to take good old Seth Collins. Receiver for Texas Tech. That's right. And now, oh, oh, wow. I've got to make another pick. Okay. All my buys are... Gosh, this is awful. <laughs> um, He's, Michael's like really concerned about the bye weeks now. I am because they're, they're totally overloading everything. I'm considering taking... I don't even want to say it. Because as soon as I do, it'll be incorrect. All right, let's... Uh... Okay. Man, I thought I had a better pick than this. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to throw something out there. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Denzel Mims Jr., from wide receiver from Baylor. From Baylor, he was looking. At, I was looking at him from one of my next picks. I'm looking at. So we've. Um, well, I've. I only have one pick left. I've got two, and I'm thinking I'm going to get another. Another uh, receiver, and I, I'm not. We, we haven't drafted any Oklahoma State receivers, and the top receiver left is an Okie State guy. And uh, Dylan Stoner, but I also like uh, Tyron Johnson, that uh, almost Tech commit. Former LSU Tiger. Yeah. But there's just a big gap. I'm going to go with more of a proven guy and go with Stoner. And then, for my last pick, do I take another kicker, a defense? I don't know. So I've got a backup quarterback. I've got two backup receivers, one backup running back. I'm going to... I'm going to be Homerville here and take the Texas Tech defense. Man, I was going to do, I was going to do that. Um, Final pick. We, we kind of blew through that a little more quickly than I thought we would. We did. Well, because it just kind of comes down to it, and you feel like, oh, I'm just going to pull the trigger on it. So it, it actually keeps track of our average time per pick. We're at 36 seconds. So about half the time <laughs> we thought we were going to take. I have, oh my gosh, all these quarterbacks bye weeks are on the same week. So players that aren't drafted will be free agents, not waiver wire, so we can go back and start immediately making changes if you doubt yourself. You know what? Okay. I've got until week six. I'm going to pick Jet Duffy. <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> Bye week is on week six for Texas Tech, but week eight for Will Greer, so I'm doing it. All right. That's probably a terrible idea, but I'm doing it. All right, draft has been completed. Oh my gosh! In record time, I was we did so it in nervous. Minutes. <laughs> I was so nervous. I still am. All right, so I'm I gonna question through, every decision I've made. I'm going to run through my team: quarterback Kyler Murray, running backs Rodney Anderson, David Montgomery, um, receivers T.J. Vasher, 
C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, Colin Johnson from Texas, kicker Austin, Austin Siebert from Oklahoma, the Texas defense. Backups, I've got the receiver Hakeem Butler from Iowa State, running back Kennedy McCoy from West Virginia, quarterback McLean Carter from Texas, Tech, <coughs> excuse me, uh, receiver Dylan Stoner from Oklahoma State, and the Texas Tech defense. I really... I really wish I would have gotten the Texas Tech defense because I, I I wanted to pick them, but then I realized I didn't have a quarterback. Well, it's, it's also going to be hard to. But pick. you'd already picked them anyway. It's going to be hard to, to, to pick a week, besides the, the Texas bye week when I when I should start the Tech defense over Texas. It's going to be difficult. That's true. Maybe week two is that is that when week Texas two's Lamar. Play? I know is that when Texas plays like USC or somebody? I think I think it is. I think oh, they I'm play Maryland then week. USC, right? I'm gonna murder you that week. Oh man, well I'll just be ready. You're gonna have trouble in week seven. About like I'm gonna have trouble in week eight fielding a team. Well, I, I can also just drop a bunch of people and pick up who. I know. I think that's what that's what I'm gonna have to do. Because when you drop somebody, they will go to the waiver wire. Yeah. So I I can claim them, and then depending on the waiver wire process, who will be. Who gets preference? Well, and, and I think, think it will go back and forth. I think I read. I mean, this isn't. You know, you don't want to talk about injuries in August, but uh, I do think we have. I think three spots on injured reserve. So you could put. You could potentially, if if a guy goes down, you could keep him on your team. Yeah, and you, just put him in the IR spot, which is that kind of nice. And, I've never been in a league that had that. And I think I actually have a rule set. You can. Maybe I didn't do that this year. I know previously I've had it where. If a guy was on a bye week, you can drop your injury reserve. Oh, okay. Oh, you need, you need to tell the folks what your team name is. Okay, so my team name is No Punt Intended. Oh, that's that's pretty solid. It's pretty my, pretty uh, solid dad pun. My um <laughs> my avatar was thirty seconds of a Google search, and I found this guy, real nerdy looking dude, sitting in front of a really old time computer. It uh, looks like he's in his mom's basement. Got the big thick Coke bottle glasses on. And the words underneath it just says champion. <laughs> How have I not seen your avatar? Hang on. Oh, I see it now. That's fantastic. I've seen that picture before. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, um, that's a keeper. Uh, okay, so you ran through your roster for no punt intended. I'm going to run through my roster of I don't want your life. <laughs> and my, my uh, photo is, of course, of James Vanderbeek. Everyone's favorite 22-year-old senior quarterback for your uh, gosh, what was what was the mascot in Varsity Blues? I don't remember. Oh man, I almost call him the Dylan Panthers. I know that is not right. That is Friday Night Lights stuff. But Kilgore, Kill Kill, no, golly, your team, good yeah. sir. Anyway, uh, my team. I'm sorry, I got I got distracted on Varsity Blues trivia that no one cares about. So my team, I don't want your life. Uh, quarterback, Will Greer, Heisman candidate Boo. of West Virginia. Uh, running back, Justice Hill, Oklahoma State. Uh, running back two, Darius Anderson of TCU. Wide receiver, which I'm really proud of, David Sills the fifth from West Virginia. And Marquise Brown of Oklahoma. I feel pretty good about those. Uh, my receiver, my flex player is uh, Gary Jennings Jr. of West Virginia. So, yep, um, we'll uh, we'll have a lot of John Denver playing. So it's interesting. You've got and the, of, I don't want your life updates this week. You've got you've got a lot of West Virginia players in your team. I've got a lot of Oklahoma players. You do probably 
teams picked like one and two. At least offense. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I have that. actually wrote some of that down. The S&P plus offense. Oh, going back to that. OU is picked number one, period. Suck it. And <laughs> Oklahoma State is picked number six, which we didn't. We, we, we kind of lied on Oklahoma State. And a lot well, of it you, for you, me was because of the Justice bye weeks. Hill. Right. Well, and I got their probably their leading inside receiver, Dylan Stoner. Right, but we didn't get uh, their QB, who I can't even think of his name. Well, I think they just announced it today. It was they still um, didn't have it in. Gosh, I'm blanking on his name. It was a former walk-on. I have to go back and look at the players, which I will. You go. It wasn't on. Drew Brown, was it? Drew Brown's a senior. He's listed on here as a possible pick. There's also Spencer Sanders, who's a freshman. And Taylor Cornelius. Oh my gosh, there's so many quarterbacks listed for that. And apparently they've nicknamed this dude Oil Baron because of his <laughs> name and he comes from Amarillo. <laughs> That's a great nickname. But yeah, the S&P Plus has OU number one overall, uh, Oklahoma State number six, and West Virginia number 17 on offense. So we kind of cherry-picked from those three teams. And... Oh, I, I don't think I finished my team. Uh, Matt Amendola, of course, I took a kicker in like the fifth round. <laughs> but I I think he's going to have a lot of points. And then um, Texas Christian as my defense. With uh, On my reserve players, I have Kevontae Turpin, wide receiver of TCU. Alex Barnes, running back at Kansas State. Seth Collins, good old Texas Tech wide receiver transfer. And I, I just don't see, I don't, I don't have the, the faith in him. Year one, I'm I'm just I'm going to give him a shot. I feel like he's an experienced guy that I think he caught one of those passes in that. I keep calling it the Zapruder film, <laughs> but one yes, of those passes in that eight millimeter that someone shot with their razor cell phone or something uh, and posted on the Texas Tech website a couple of days ago. And then uh, my last two players are Denzel Mims of Baylor and Jet Duffy. <laughs> Quarterback at Texas Tech. Hopefully by Which week, is funny week eight or we, something, we'll see if that plays out at took all. A Texas Tech quarterback. We did. <laughs> Neither of us know if, if we'll ever play him. That was fun. That was the draft was fun. So we'll obviously have to keep up on how we do every week in our weekly preview episode. Oh uh, man, we'll, we'll do like a look back on how we did and our standings and how badly I'm wiping the floor with Michael. Yeah, and how many points Matt Amendola got me for kicking field goals? Good. I mean, um, look, look at this. Okay. I, I tallied it up last notes, year. Because this is great. It's not even like great radio. This is he's showing me something. Matt, okay. The, the way this <laughs> league works, you get three points for extra points, 15 points per field goal. See, that period. seems like. So and I, then I, on I, top of that, if the field goal is 40 to 49 yards, you get an additional 25 points on top of the 15. And if it's 50 plus, you get. 50 points on top of the 15. So I tallied up all the field goals he made last year and came up with the same number. He had 730 points last year. And out of 13 games, that's 56 points per game. That's more than the top running back and the top wide receiver had last so year. So I am I typically will go and I'll, I'll do a, a custom scoring on it. I did not touch the scoring at all on this. So th- this, is a, this is a default scoring system from our fans at Fantrax that are put in this league together for us. One of the only free college football uh, fantasy leagues out there. Not that I'm plugging them or anything. Just Oh, they could sponsor us if they want. 
Yeah, I almost. Yeah, we almost need somebody to be sponsoring us <laughs> at this point. Yeah, come on, fan tracks. Um, Give us right. a little dough. Can't wait for fantasy football to start. Like I said, the first game of the season, the week zero starts. Is it this weekend? Some like really trash games, but it's still college football. Is it the ones that they play in Australia or something? Probably like Toledo and. I know Davis Webb's first game was, I think, in Australia last year. Or the year before. No, it was the year before. Sorry. We had a kid last football season, so that one just kind of feels like... I don't remember much of it. <laughs> it was a bit of a whirlwind. But yeah, Cal played. I feel like Cal played at some big rugby stadium to open the season. They did. I can't Webb's first year. I don't remember who they played either. It was it was bizarre looking to see a football team in that stadium. It was it was it was cool, but I'm not sure how uh, effective that is and for any reason aside from just publicity. I guess I guess you can get some punters. You can get some punters to uh, yeah, because that guy from out. Texas was a. It's like I think that's the their thing. Sorry, I'm still trying to find the week zero schedule, and I'm not finding it. I'm going to look up Cal's okay. first game. Saturday, 25th, there are four games. Duquesne at UMass. Oh. Prairie View at Rice. Hawaii at Colorado State. That might be fun to watch. Maybe. And then Wyoming at New Mexico State. So, very mm-hmm. first weekend of games this Saturday um, we will watch it because it's college football, not because they're interesting. Dang, poor Hawaii. That was who Cal played that year. It was uh, August 26th, 2016, Cal versus Hawaii at ANZ Stadium in Sydney. So that was Hawaii gets to they okay. get to, they get to go to these uh, week zero games, I guess. So I'm looking at, at, okay, week zero, then week one. New Mexico State plays the very last game on Saturday, the 25th. They turn around and play again on Thursday, the 30th. How is that? That's How messed is, up. Yeah, that they should get a bye week or something. That's weird. So they're hosting Wyoming week zero and then travel to Minnesota week one on like three on days the, rest. On a Thursday night for a Thursday night game. Wow. No, so that doesn't sound right at all. Week one, the, the Thursday, there's a bunch of Thursday night games, more than I, I remember there being. Um, Central Florida at UConn, New Mexico State at Minnesota, Central Connecticut at Ball State, Kennesaw State at Georgia State, Southeastern Louisiana at UL Monroe, Northwestern at Purdue. There's a conference game week one for them. That's nuts. I agree. I'd, I'd be a little upset about that. Wake Forest at Tulane, Savannah State at UAB. Missouri State at Oklahoma State. We'll be tuning into that game, obviously, to watch our uh, our, our fantasy picks. Mm-hmm. Weber State at Utah, Northwestern State at A&M, and then UC Davis at San Jose State. That's quite this, this late for a Thursday. Man, you're not kidding. Friday's got a bunch of games, and obviously Saturday is just loaded. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. I'm ready for it, too. All right. Really quickly, I, I know we, we said we talked about it a little bit. Uh, we had a new writer join the Staking the Plane staff, Keith. Uh, we, we talked about him a little bit last week. We introduced him. Um, we, we incorrectly said what 
what sport he does color commentary for for Friendship Tigers. He does baseball. Base. He does color baseball, and then he's a, he sometimes will spot for football. Yeah, he'll he'll sometimes be up in the booth helping him okay. out for football, but he doesn't actually. I don't think he's on the air, but he's on the air for baseball, and we we had it. We had that incorrect last week, so Keith apologies, Patrick. Keith. Welcome to Staking the Plains. Yes. First article dropped this week. It was a mic drop. He just Great article. In. Lots of comments. Lots of traction. Lots of people with, uh, you know, agreeing, knowing that it's kind of a tough pill to swallow about our red zone offense woes and the dramatic, dramatic precipice fall from... Yeah, he, he did a great job of comparing... 16 to, to 17. 2016. Uh, to 2017. So let's just look at some of those stats. Um, red zone attempts for 2016, 63. 2017, we're 62. Almost ad- identical, right? Yep. Yep. Um, red zone scoring percent. So you either scored a, field, or a touchdown or kicked a field goal. For 2016, you were at 90.5%. I mean, you scored on 57 trips. Sorry. You scored on 57 of your 63 attempts. Yep. 2017, you were at 69.4% of red zone, you know, trips into the red zone turning into points, which means, you know, what's almost one out of every three trips inside the 20, you got nothing. That's sure what it felt like. It felt like that's what we watched. And, and the other thing to point out, too, that he had in there was in 2016, that 90.5% had us ranked at 15 in the country. Mm-hmm. And dropping down to a very unnice sixty nine point four percent dropped us to one hundred and twenty fifth. Drastic, unbelievable drop. Uh, what's crazy is, and I think he talks about it later a little bit more. The red zone field goals made were almost identical. Uh, Texas Tech made eleven field goals in twenty sixteen. And, and they made 10 in 2017, but the difference is how many they attempted, I think, in 2017 versus how many they actually made. Right. Um, so overall, your total red zone passing touchdowns dropped from 26 to 18. Your rushing touchdowns dropped from 20 to 15. Um, your field goals dro- made went from 11 to 10. So right. across the board, you dropped... And total number of scores inside the red zone, obviously, to get that huge drop off. Um, it's easy to look at quarterback play. This is something he talks about. You know, there's not really, it's not fair to compare Patrick Mahomes to Nick Shimanek. I just, I, I, we just need to be so much better than 125th in the country in red zone offense this year. Well, and especially at Texas Tech, and I, I think. People have brought this brought this up recently. Uh, you know, you'll read anything about Texas Tech in the the general mass U.S. media, and they will always say something about how well Texas Tech is. They're going to field a great offense like they always do, and this and that. But that, they're the, they're they're the only ones confident about it. None of none of us close to it are that confident about it. We feel pretty worried. Um, you know, Hatfield coming back is I think going to really improve this number. Uh, you still don't certainly hope so. Yeah, and you still don't. <laughs> you don't want to plan on kicking a bunch of field goals instead of because it still is a, a form of settling as opposed to getting in the and getting in the end zone. Um, one of the things that Keith brought up in his article that was I had I had tried to forget, but he mentioned that um, 
in that Kansas State game where we went to overtime. Mm, that's such an ugly game. Uh, he said, uh, I'm just going to read this whole paragraph just for the context. He said, if you break down Texas Tech's 2017 season, you'll see that not only was the lack of red zone production shocking, the 10 made red zone field goals are indicative of a decreased level of offensive production and a lack of discipline that has become all too common. In several instances, field goals were kicked inside the 10-yard line, forced by delay of game penalties on third or fourth down. And I remember that type of stuff kind of happening in there, and that was so frustrating. And then he goes on to say, that's obviously not accounting for costly misses at well for, as well. For example, a miss on fourth and two from the 13-yard line against Kansas State that ultimately cost Tech the game. I had forgotten that that happened. Yeah, it was in the oh my south gosh. end zone. Oh, I was I was I was on that side of the field for that. I, I just kind of got stuck on, you know, I think we talk about this game way too much. But anyway, I'd gotten stuck on other parts of that game, but I had failed to remember that part, and that is really that was a really tough read. <laughs> One of the things that that has been, I keep remembering that it keeps coming up. Um, you were probably two missed field goals away from winning eight games last year. I'd, I would agree with that. If you had made a field goal in the West Virginia game there, uh, I think it was at the end of the half. Yeah. And then that, that one against Kansas State, you win eight games. Yeah. You're right there. Which then, like going into 2018, having just come off a 8-4 and four season, you would have been like, we got this. We're, we're, we're winning this conference. We're, yeah, we're not a big thing. deal. Yeah, we're, we're, we're on Kingsbury's our way, man. Kingsbury's extended to 2030 and... Guaranteed, he's figured it out. Million dollars, yeah. No, <laughs> we are like, okay, we went six and six. We don't go seven and five this year. It's going to be rough, which it may be. All right, we we sent up the question, the call for questions, super late. <laughs> we got one question. We got one question from our Dan, our boy Dan, our Dan. Yeah. Do you cut your homemade sandwich in half or eat a whole? If you cut it, is it down the middle or diagonally? So no, I don't cut sandwiches. I will cut a burger at a, like, if I get it from a restaurant, if it's fairly sizable, because it seems yeah. like it's easier to, to break down if it's, if I cut it in half. Especially if it's got a lot of stuff on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. If it's stacked pretty high, I will cut it in half. But no, I, I'm, same here. I, I do not cut my homemade sandwiches. I, I eat I, them. I, I even, eat them all in one. Usually, I don't, usually I don't put them down. <laughs> I kind of have this thing. It's one of those things like when you're dating your wife, you don't do this. You try to eat slower and you try to act like you don't eat super fast like a crazy person. Like a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden you realize that she's three bites into her burger and, and your burger is completely done. So that I'm, I'm bad about that. that it kind of helps me from doing that is if I cut the burger in half then if it's a messy burger, usually I have a rule where if it's messy, I pick it up once and I don't put it down. I just finish it. I just eat the whole thing there you go. and, you know, I get fries afterwards because I don't want to put it down and then the bun fall off and then everything falls you have out. To, you have to, like, you have to set it down just yeah. right and make sure that everything's okay. It's like, nope. If it's a messy burger, which I totally appreciate and I totally get, I, it's, it's, it's all in one shot. But no, nope, no cutting the sandwiches. Just all, all one big happy sandwich. All right. Thanks, Dan, for keeping us afloat with your questions. I would say that we, we should have gotten uh, Kyle to submit some new quarterback odds, but I'm, I'm sure it would be like 
McLean Carter minus 800. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, Duffy plus 200. Bowman plus 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Which I might take. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't not, take not that. Not Bowman. I, I think it seems like he's pretty well fallen off, fallen out of the race. I think so, too. Um, so that was our only question this week. Michael, do you have an update for us on cut cord cutters corner? I totally messed that up. <laughs> cut, cut quarters. That's cut good. Corners. That's good. I don't think I have much of an update. I... We did get our first bill. Who hell was that? And it was fine. Um, oh, I, I think ask it's. You. It's think it's going to be right at forty three dollars a month. That's so good. for for the first so year, good. and then it's going to go up twenty dollars. Well, actually, you know what? I don't think it is going to go up twenty dollars. I think we get twenty dollars off because we bundled it with our our uh, AT and T cell service that we already have. So, I think I'm still on track to save about a hundred bucks a month by switching to this and then September 1 that's when I'm going to sign up for Hulu Live and and keep up with that so actually my spreadsheet um, to update to that point I'm still ahead on this Uh, I I did pay our first bill like I said but I actually have made money because they gave me a hundred dollar gift card which I used to help buy tires (laughs) this weekend and uh I've I've done pretty well. I I can't complain too much. So I was going to ask you. I, I guess it's too late now. But have you heard of? Have you looked into Directv Now? I have, but it's it's more expensive. Directv so Now is fifty five bucks a month to get. Yeah, the forty dollars a month does not include the Fox Sports channels. Okay, you've got to do like a minimum fifty five bucks a month to start getting Fox Sports channels. So I, I did look into that because supposedly and, and you get your first three months for ten dollars a month. Oh, we'll see. But it may not. It Do may you have not to be. commit to so many, though? I'm sure. Uh, service renews at full price uh, after three months unless you cancel. Oh, that might not. I might have to look into that a little bit more. But, yeah, it was. It, it, you got a lot more channels. Um, it was $55. I actually have it in my spreadsheet. Oh, okay. But the 40, yeah, the $40 that. doesn't include doesn't include that. But yeah, I've got this ridiculous spreadsheet that I mentioned last week, so. So, right. like, for this month, including, um, and this includes me buying season four of Better Call Saul on eight, on Amazon, this month I've saved $163. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it has cost me $25 to have cable, or to have internet in the month of August, because they gave me the $100 gift card with some digital discounts I had. That season of Better Call Saul only cost $14. And then uh, my final payment to Suddenlink was an overage charge, and that was seventeen dollars. So, a hundred minus seventeen minus fourteen is whatever that is. Yep, it's, it's too much math to do on the fly. I'm it sorry, is, I wasn't really keeping much. up with it. <laughs> um, so there is a going yard update. Oh, we uh, I've seen the I've seen the yard now. We're at HQ South, South. today. Yeah, I, I, I've seen the yard for the up. first time since January in person, and it it's, well, it's pretty impressive. When you were here in January, it was just dirt. It was dirt. It was not even planted yet. Yeah, there is a there's a crop. We had a vision. The man had a vision. <laughs> I have a crop. I have a stand out there. <laughs> he does of some some fescue. It's up. It's growing. He's got a good stand. Those those of you rolling with the fescue are probably on this. Same plan, but you need to be getting ready for some fall overseeding, some aeration and overseeding. Got a plan. I've actually got the calendars over there on the table. September, October, and November. I've got every 
fertilizer and soil <laughs> amendment treatment scheduled. I had one yesterday because it was supposed to, ha- supposed to happen on Saturday. Yeah. It got rained out, so it got delayed. Grass was way overgrown. <laughs> Cut it last night, did, did the application. I've got, I've got the fall overseeding happening the 15th, the, the day of the Houston game. It's going to be a busy morning. I'm going to try to... Gonna try to get that done before the game, or just leave the game unpaused. Um, and then I've got plans to get everything nice and uh, squared away for some some domination on Halloween night. Make sure the yard's in tip-top shape when everybody comes by the house. But like, yes, my yard's better than yours. So if you guys are growing fescue, you need to be ordering your your fescue seed now. Reaching out to your your landscaping companies, like, hey, need you guys to come aerate my yard which surprisingly have not been able to find a service that will do this for me without having without being on their like full plan. Like, oh, they're like you can't just have, have them come to, out one time. I have to be like a client of theirs that's already on their plan. I I got some recommendations. They were supposed to come out here on like Thursday and they have still not showed up it's like all you have to do is drive by, really. Like you just cuz they they want to see the yard first before they get Oh. Well, like, how hard I, is that? Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. Like you've had five days and you haven't come by. Um, getting ready to continue my domination of the neighbors and their ugly, ugly fest. It looks good. He, Bermuda. He, he even has the he has a, a pattern figured out on, on mowing it. It's it's pretty got sharp. Some diagonal stripes. Uh, they t- so for the best contrast between the light and dark, they actually have to line up with the sun. So they'll have to be straight east and west. Uh, my house faces west. I've been experimenting with some diagonal stripes. And they look nice as you're driving up, which is cool, but they don't get the the great color contrast. He was a little disappointed because I, I pulled up after sunset. Yeah, and so you couldn't see it then. I didn't get to see it in full full glow. So I I think I may have to. I'll, I'll at least have to drive by at some point. You know, a little bit earlier. But if, you know, the sun will start going down earlier as we All start recording this thing on, on uh, HQ South. We can. I can see it in its full glory. See it the way it's meant to be seen. It'll it'll be it'll be decently filled out after we get the next round of seed down there. Are still still some some uh, some thin spots. Um, we'll address that here in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, past that, excited for the football season to start uh, next Saturday, or I guess this Saturday with some really garbage games. But next Thursday <laughs> kicks off Week One. Texas Tech obviously plays on Saturday the first. Um, excited to keep you guys updated on the the fantasy league and how that goes. Michael, is there anything, any parting shots you want to make? No, I or just, take. No, I. The only thing I wanted to mention was I, I learned this week how dismal our red zone offense was last year, and I'm really looking forward to having a competent kicker and hopefully some healthy kicker. QBs who can make a make a play in the red zone and some. Receivers that can get open. So I know that we're going to have a good line to, to help block for these guys. And Hopefully we don't lose, lose another uh, another running back, knock on wood. Right. That was uh, that was not welcome news today. It was not. So <laughs> thanks again for joining us on the 23 Personnel Podcast Week 28, Episode 28. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We will see you again next week when we do our full-scale Ole Miss preview. Thank you.